Hey there, Anna Guest Jelly here. Welcome to Love Curvy Yoga, the podcast where we talk about and practice all things body affirming and yoga. Now let's get into it. Thank you to everybody who listened to episode one of this season and let me know that you enjoyed it. It was so fun to hear from you and I am so excited to be back doing the podcast and talking with you. So yay for a win-win scenario. We're all excited about it. (laughs) Um, And I always say this because it's 100% true, but we have the absolute best community in Curvy Yoga. And I'm excited to let this just be another place for us to hang out and connect with each other. So what I have for you today is I want to talk a little bit more about closing my yoga studio and what that was like and what that experience has taught me. So I know I mentioned that in episode one of this season, but I feel like we don't talk enough about things that don't go as we had originally hoped. And so I thought it might be helpful to just share a little bit about what that's been like and kind of how it came around. So when I first decided to open the local studio here in Nashville last year, the reason that I really wanted to do it is that I have seen and believe so strongly in the power of body affirming community. I've seen that in events and workshops and retreats that I've done in the past, whether as a participant or leading them in local classes. There's something about being in a space with people where everyone is committed to just showing up exactly as they are, no matter their body shape or size. It's freeing in a very specific way that's almost even hard to know what it's like until you've been there. And so I wanted to create the space for that reason. And I think that in that way, the studio was extremely successful. Uh, One of the things that I wasn't expecting to happen in the studio, but that was just a total joy for me, was how much people connected with each other. So I knew that having that space would be powerful, but I didn't know just how much people would become friends and hang out and go to dinner after class or hang out and have a cup of tea in our kitchen or, you know, just lots of different ways that people were inspired in their everyday life. And I loved that aspect of it. It just made me so happy. One of our students even did this really cool photo shoot, this really empowering photo shoot. And it was just like, wow, this kind of came out of her experience being in this space with all these awesome people. That's really cool. And we had lots of great opportunities to connect with each other, obviously classes, but we did things like um, we had an invitational, which is what I call a monthly challenge because I hate the idea of challenges <laughs> called the Kind 30, which was about showing yourself kindness both through your yoga practice and in your everyday life and having those opportunities to, you know, put stickers up on a chart <laughs> and, and note the times that you were kind to yourself. I think all of those kinds of experiences really helped bring it home for all of us. So I mentioned that students were, you know, learning and implementing on the mat And then they would take that off the mat into their everyday life. And if you've been around Curvy Yoga for more than like three seconds, then you probably know that that is a huge theme in my life, a continual learning. And I have been reflecting on that since the studio closed. And 
You know, one thing that's really come up for me is how much my yoga practice has taught me resilience. And I think at the beginning of my practice, you know, years ago in the late 90s, what that looked like originally was keeping going with yoga, you know, so I was very often the biggest person in the room. I very rarely received any, um, you know, particular modifications or support from my teachers to kind of figure out how to make the practice work. And so the resilience that I cultivated then was in keeping going with yoga when I think in many different ways it would have been very easy for me to get the idea that it wasn't for me or just to drop out. Over time, then the resilience kind of shifted into teaching, where again, I was the biggest person in the teacher training and um, had this vision for teaching yoga for people of all shapes and sizes, but I was so unsure of it. Nobody that I knew of was doing anything like that at the time, um, that I didn't even tell my fellow teacher trainees that I wanted to do that. I was just kind of quietly there learning information. Um, And again, once I started teaching, I ran up against all of my own insecurities and neuroses, and it would have been very easy to just stop doing it. I, you know, I had a full-time job that I enjoyed at the time, um, work that I thought was really important, but I kept going. And these days what I see, um, both kind of as an undercurrent through all of that and even kind of more magnified today, is that the real resilience I've been building is internal. So rather than reacting very quickly, you know, thinking, oh, I can't do yoga, I'm going to quit. Or, you know, that's my instinct in every situation. (laughs) So if there's something that I don't like, I'm just like, it's over. Um, Same for if it's new to me, I don't like it. So Nick always teases me um, if there's something new and I'm like, oh, I don't really like that new album by that artist or whatever. He's like, I'm not surprised you hate everything new. (laughs) And that's kind of true. It takes me a little time to get used to things and now that I know that about myself I'm like okay so this is a new thing and I didn't like it I'm just gonna give it you know another try another listen to that album whatever it is Um, and then you know very often those kinds of things will grow on me and so the resilience in my everyday life shows up now as you know just taking a beat taking a breath before freaking out that doesn't mean that I don't freak out of course I do (laughs) it feels like constantly Um, but you know just having those moments to pause and be more aware and to be able to notice those patterns over time of course having Nick pointed out to me sometimes is both helpful and annoying but you know in addition to having someone else pointed out being able to notice some of those things myself and you know when I say that my yoga practice has inspired this resilience I think it can be really hard especially if you're feeling like is yoga really for me or I like it but it's hard to make time or whatever the case it's very hard to notice the changes that are happening, I think. Um, you know, sometimes there's a big thing that happens and you notice like, oh, I can go much further in this pose or do something I didn't think I could. And those are cool moments. But, you know, most of the time, my yoga practice does not feel like anything super special or exciting on a day-to-day basis. Um, not only that, I would say that most days have a level of Uh, boredom and kind of like, do I really feel like doing this? I'd rather just lay here and take a nap. 
or oops, now I'm on my phone or whatever. Um, most days are sort of monotonous. It's the routine of day to day. And the only time that I notice change is more over time and in what I'm going to call here a mirror moment. And what I mean by that has nothing to do with uh, a, you know, a physical mirror or anything about how you look. It's really about when life holds up a mirror to your internal experience and you see, oh, I'm having a different response than I have before. So those situations that I described earlier where I notice, oh, okay, this is a pattern and here's something that I can do differently about it. So I'm telling you all of that because I think that this really went into my whole studio experience. So I thought that I went into the studio experience fairly practically. I know a lot of people who are studio owners. I know how hard that business is and how many yoga studios close. Um, You probably have some experience with that too if you've ever practiced at or taught at or even just seen yoga studios in your community. It's not uncommon to see them come and go over time. So I thought I went in fairly practically, but I think in a lot of ways I went in with rose-colored glasses, which is, you know, pretty true for any new endeavor. (laughs) You can do your research, but of course you're hopeful that it's going to work out or it's going to be different for you or whatever the case is. So when I went into it, I had no expectation of making money. I had an expectation of losing money, but I was hopeful that I would break even on it maybe by the end of the first year, or at least not have lost much. Um, But as you can probably surmise, based on the fact that I said the studio closed, that didn't happen. The financial hole just kept getting bigger. And I had known going into it that um, in our space, which was in a hot part of a hot neighborhood, um, and that was a fairly large space, we would need to have additional income than just the yoga classes. And that proved to be much more complicated than I thought it would be. And everything as is often the case, was more expensive than I thought. And so that financial hole just kept growing and growing to the point that I didn't know um, if and when it would ever turn around and I couldn't afford to find out. Um, But though I had that financial reality kind of staring me in the face, you know, of course I didn't want to close. I wanted to keep that space open for the students who are so wonderful, like I mentioned, and I feel like the people who came really got a lot of benefit out of being there. Everyone loved the physical space, but you know, the real connection is from being with each other. Um, And I just had to keep remembering that. And I think that that's part of the whole resilience thing, which is remembering that the connection that we create, though a physical space can be a nice container for it, is not really about the space at any point. It's about being together and we can find other ways to get together. And, you know, when I had those feelings come up of, I don't want to close the studio because I want to save face, I mean, to who? I don't know. But, you know, we get those ideas in mind, like, oh God, what are people going to think? I just had to come back to what is true and I don't know that I would have been able to do that very well um, slash at all without the years of yoga practice behind me helping me to you know continually come back to what is true in my own experience in my body and in my breath and being able to do that now with this um, financial situation and what is the best way to move forward with the studio. So at the end of the day the rent was just higher than we could support and that is what 
caused the studio to close. And, you know, I've learned several things from that experience on the business level, kind of the life level. Um, you know, something that I already knew, but that certainly came home to me even more is that there are always risks when you try something new. Um, of course, this is particularly true if you have your own business, but I think it's true no matter what you're doing, whether you work outside your home or you don't, whether you're employed by someone else or you're employed by yourself, um, there's always risks no matter how long you've been doing it. Some projects work and other projects don't. And what really keeps me in it for the long run is just that. It's maintaining focus on the long run, on the long-term vision. Um, It was super tempting to keep the local studio going, like I said, just to kind of save face. But I knew that in the long term, the most important thing was to keep Curvy Yoga going in general and to not lose everything just because one project didn't work out as I hoped it would be. Um, And this sounds like a very, um, I don't know, feels like a mature viewpoint to me and and that kind of makes me laugh because I feel like that's not necessarily my instinct Um, but you know over the years of having curvy yoga I've come to some more peace with that and again this is something else that yoga has really shown me because you know there are things that I can't do in my body now in my mid-30s that were a breeze to me when I started my yoga practice when I was 18 you know like things have definitely changed (laughs) since that time Um, and that's something that I've just you know accepted bodies change life changes things happen things change in your work as well and so this is an experience that brought that home for me and though I wish things could have turned out differently um, I ultimately feel at peace about because you know that's just how things go The other piece of the business life level learnings was also what I already knew and I mentioned earlier that the local studio model is difficult. Um, I think things are going and will continue to go in the direction of what I talked about in our last episode which is simple. Small sustainable spaces, sharing spaces, teaching in parks, libraries, people's houses, online. Um, To me this adaptability is all part of making yoga work for people and bringing in that community connection that I talked about earlier that is not truly contingent on space though sometimes it feels like it is and really though we no longer have the local space here in Nashville the physical space our hyper local studio the one that's in your living room the virtual studio is more robust than ever and I think that's because of what we've just been talking about that it really is that body affirming studio that you know you might wish was right around the corner or right next door but it's even better than that because it's on your computer in your living room in your hotel room wherever you are and people absolutely form those same friendships and get the same support for their journey so that that makes me feel really good you know whether online or in person the power of knowing you're not alone and wanting to support and affirm your body is you know I don't think that that can be overstated it just is really everything to me so I'm really grateful that we have that way to connect on the yoga level of my learning around this you know I've just been reminded that once people get yoga into their body in a way that works for them when they figure out what props and what versions of the pose and how they can really show up for themselves like it's theirs nothing can take it from them so our studio is closed but our students remain connected to each other in many ways with our teachers in different locations um, still meeting up as friends 
And then most of all, they still have their yoga practice they can take with them and home and in other classes. And that feels really important and like a very special part of our past year together as well. On the personal level, I would say this whole resilience thing has really been brought home to me. I have zero doubt that this closing would have just leveled past versions of me. I just would have thrown in the towel and been like, well, that's it for that. Um, And I, you know, I 100% (laughs) dragged my heels on deciding to close. I felt sick to my stomach very often. Um, I didn't want to do it. I probably made a few of my friends have a conversation about it more times than they really would have wished. Um, But at the end of the day, I did what I had to do, and I did my very best to support everyone through the transition to feel like they had some place that they could plug in or some support through online videos or whatever it is. So um, that feels like a really important part of this whole process. I've been running around, you know, from event to event, doing things online, you know, having a book come out, doing all kinds of stuff like that. So we can all get a lot done, but the real crux question for me is, which part of getting this stuff done is a good idea? So what really works for me? Where are my personal boundaries? You know, this is very similar to our bodies in yoga. So bodies are amazing. They can do so many things, so many things that we maybe never even thought that they could do. But sometimes just because your body can do something, that doesn't mean it's the best idea for your unique structure for what's going on with you in every part of your life. Sometimes you are doing something in your body and you don't even know that it's detrimental to you till later. Or sometimes you know, I'm just pushing myself now because I think I should or because I want to or because I can. And then later that kind of catches up to you. So just because you can do something doesn't always mean that it's the best idea. And I think It's also not the flip side of it. It's not saying just because you can, you shouldn't do it. Um, It's really finding out where are those personal boundaries for you? Where are those lines? So that's, you know, everything physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, financially, all of it. And that's my biggest lesson from this studio. So yeah, I definitely could have kept it open. I might have been able to turn it around in a year or two years or who knows how long it would have taken. But at the end of the day, I looked at the situation and said, this is not what is best for me or for Curvy Yoga at this point in time. Now, who knows? Maybe I'll have another physical space in the future. Maybe I won't. But where I really want to be focusing my personal energy is on figuring out where do I thrive? And I think that's something that we're all in kind of constant and evolving relationship with. But I think there's something, there's a sweet spot there in figuring that out, at least what is true for that in this moment, knowing that that will change at some point in the future. So that's my experience closing the studio. I'm sure I may have more insights later, but that's where I'm at now, uh, several months after closing. A quick reminder here right before we wrap up that our annual sale on memberships to our virtual studio, Curvy Monthly, is still on but not for long. So it ends this Tuesday, January 12th, and you can um, join us and save up to 25% on annual memberships. Um, You can also save on the monthly membership. So if you want to be part of this space that we're creating, what we've been talking about this whole time, how we can be in community with each other, even if we're not in the same physical space, 
I would just love to have you with us. It's a really, really sweet experience. So I'll put the link to that in the show notes. You can check it out. All right, let's close with one deep breath together. So if you're able to and you'd like to, you can join me in folding your hands together in front of your heart. Let's take one breath, inhale, and exhale. The light in me honors the light in you. Namaste. Thanks for listening to Love Curvy Yoga. You can find more information about this podcast and all things Curvy Yoga at curvyyoga.com. If you love the show, please share it or even review it in iTunes. Both help us get the word out that yoga is a way to come home to your body and yourself exactly as you are today. Have a great day and curve on. Oh,